begin with one minute of silence and then explore whatever arises. So please join us for this one minute of doing nothing. That was a nice period of silence for me. Mm -hmm. What happened in that silence? I, it was kind of funny, I guess I, several things happened and then that quickly led into formulating how I would share about those things with you and then there was an experience of just dropping them all and like another one would pop up and then dropping it and again and again and something that feels good about just totally dropping the formulation of something which i guess what i'm saying now is still that way to a certain extent <laughs> um, but there was um I don't know how to describe it, but it felt uh, relieving of weight, I think, just to notice the momentum quickly build up of planning something and then, which could have led to a whole momentum of a conversation. Because if I started talking about a certain thing that I thought of to talk about, which had to do with the bell at the beginning, mm -hmm. um, then that could have led to this experience being something very different than what it is now and is going to be um so yeah but something kind of maybe playful and relieving about the just dropping hmm. yeah i think uh it's funny that you mentioned the bell because in my experience also uh it was the bell <laughs> that was very dominant today hmm. because uh to just to give a context to the listener so usually uh, charles is the one who you know rings the bell for the for the silence for the one minute silence and this time it was i who was doing it and uh, i was doing it for the first time with a with a new uh, app so i didn't know actually how to do it and i kept anticipating during this entire si silence period that you know will the bell go off after one minute or not <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, i was in this doubt but there was this constant coming back to the present moment and realizing okay you know no it's this the silence is about being in the moment rather than anticipating <laughs> i think there was a shared experience here <laughs> yeah that's one i can relate with too um and i guess just for added context so the the bell that you the listener hears is one that is separate from the one that we listen to because it just minimizes maybe any background noise that you might hear from us doing it so you have a kind of set one minute bell that's on the the final recording or the edited episode uh, but so typically I'm the one that rings the bell for us and and then it switched to sock of doing it today just because I was away from my phone uh, but that is one that I empathize with especially guiding quite a bit of like many meditations and you're sort of the one that's in control and that would be it would just kind of throw you off if the the ending bell didn't ring mm -hmm. um, which it has that has happened a couple times where it hasn't rung and then I have to be like I have to think in my mind has it gone longer than what like the time or yeah. not it feels like it's like way too long but then there'll be times where I'm thinking that and then the bell still rings mm. so that makes me think of uh, like responsibility <laughs> and how that might play into the the thinking mind yeah yeah and how you know we start anticipating and I've also noticed that uh, when when we are anticipating the time is usually longer I don't know how it is for you but for me like this anticipation of that whether the bell will go off or not uh, was it it made that one minute duration longer for me uh, otherwise it would be like you know if I'm just in the moment and totally being here and now it is it is much shorter because it's like oh I'm enjoying this space so much you know it that one minute felt as if it was just a few seconds hmm. that's kind of interesting because I guess there's maybe one way in which that might be desirable to make time feel longer. Mm. I guess there's also some notion of kind of suffering involved there because you're really, it's filled up with the worrying, yeah. um, but it makes the time last longer. Yeah. And I'm just thinking maybe from like a survivalist standpoint, we might be drawn to to, to at least feel like we have more time. So maybe there's something about thinking and planning and worrying that is uh, like reinforced in a way that this is just a thought in this moment that I'm mm -hmm. contemplating. I'm wondering if it's making any sense, but that it might, um, we might be drawn to it because it, it expands the amount of time that we experience, even if it makes that experience not enjoyable or like not pleasant or something it's also making it something that you don't like but mm -hmm. at the same time it's making it feel longer i don't know are you if you're following that or what you think yeah. about that yeah no i'm totally following and i can think of you know that's something that albert einstein said uh, when you were mentioning this that he said that he was talking about relativity to i think uh, uh, at that time i don't remember who was the president of united states but he was, he was trying to explain uh, 
relativity to him and he he said that uh, so the president asked that okay what is relativity explain to me in simple terms and he said that relativity is you know when you are with your lover that you know you spend an entire night and that seems to be like just you know a few minutes but if you are standing on a hot on 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 hot coal then even one second will seem like eternity to you mm-hmm. so so it's i think it's it 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 bring brings uh, boils down to relativity and also as you were saying that uh, you know one thing i i realized and maybe you you were indicating to that that how this life might seem to be long to us because a lot of us tend to suffer in this life because you know we we have that worry and anxiety and stress and uh, this this seems to be an entire lifetime that we are going through <clears throat> but like the spiritual mystics have been saying since many ages that it is just a moment it is just a now so maybe you know for someone who is enlightened or someone who has experienced that enlightenment maybe they just experience this entire lifetime as as a single moment and then mm. th- that relativity comes in maybe suffering increases our perception of time and and if we are not suffering that maybe that reduces that and maybe then it is just one single moment now mm. i've heard i don't remember the the way he actually says it but there's this author vladimir nabokov who describes life as like it's something like a flash of light in between two infinite darknesses or something like that which mm-hmm. you saying that made me think of that line what do you think about um the notion of being drawn to the hot coals that mm-hmm. like as you said it in that example from einstein mm-hmm. of us maybe on some level being drawn to that because it makes life feel longer even though we're standing on hot coals the whole time mm-hmm. to to have the experience of being like with a lover or something that makes time pass so quickly mm-hmm. maybe also makes you feel how fast life goes by mm-hmm. and so then yeah what do you think of the of us possibly being drawn to the hot coals to make it to draw it out hmm. yeah um like drawn to suffering yeah maybe it's it's because you you are absolutely right uh, your question is very valid because we do have this um fear of survival and because maybe of this fear of survival and you know because we fear fear death it 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 is a place of even even though you know there there is suffering that we we might be experiencing in this lifetime we see a tendency that a person is ready to suffer uh more, rather than uh, you know choosing to die like this is the normal human tendency that we are okay to okay to suffer rather than choosing to die and maybe because we are drawn to that suffering that's why we you know we tend to experience this as like a as a big lifetime these many years we uh, we go through um, i'm not able to like put a finger to that exactly however it it seems to be something 
which is like a concept that you know maybe this idea of death and survival has something to do with it i'm not sure mm-hmm. if you have a clarity on that it's like mm-hmm. a hazy concept in my mind <laughs> yeah well i was just thinking maybe to ex- to really accept life or to really live is is to really embrace the reality of death mm-hmm. um it makes me think of that a line from Oscar Wilde i think it's uh to live is the rarest thing in the world most merely exist that is all mm-hmm. um it makes me think of another line uh this is from Otto Rank who is a existential psychologist i think and it goes something like we reject the loan of life in order to avoid paying the the debt of death um hmm so maybe to accept the loan that we're given is also to accept the debt that we have to pay but we have to pay it either way but if we if we reject the loan maybe we can delude ourselves or just not think about that debt that's somewhere in, like it's make me think of getting some bill and like putting it in the trash and then you get another one or you just have it like filed away somewhere where you don't think about it hmm. and and maybe you're racking up late fees the whole time but you just don't want to face it and then maybe the the longer time goes on the the more and more fees you get and it makes it even scarier to to face paying that thing off so you just keep avoiding it or maybe you run you go yeah. to another state or another country or whatever it might be but it's all been building up yeah. behind the whole time um, yeah yeah which would make well, it just makes me think of a basic dichotomy of facing life and living and there's maybe a lot of pain and sadness associated with truly living um versus mm-hmm rejecting that loan and maybe feeling like you have a long time mm-hmm. and and that death is more of a concept than a reality mm-hmm. it makes me curious have you uh, have you had experiences in your life uh, where you would feel that time was you know running maybe faster for you in some you know we have those spans of life for example if 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 i if someone if we ask someone okay how was this last one year of pandemic and they would say that you know and i feel that oh it was a long time you know it's as if it's it's going on for eternity uh, but maybe someone has a different experience of that uh, i have seen different reactions of people uh, in in regards to this so similarly like what have can you clearly segregate those instances in your life where you would say that okay time was too fast for me or maybe it slowed down it's it's kind of interesting when you ask that because what i think of maybe goes in a a different direction or maybe is contrasting with what we've how we've talked about it so far because mm-hmm. i'm thinking of so like this week for example it's I've been very busy and just had many tasks to address and to attend to and 
which has also led to like, so, and just for context and for the listener, I'm in the midst of moving. Sakib is too, um, but I'm in the midst of moving to a new home. And so there are all these things that come with that and like unexpected things and uh, very logistical things, which are not my favorite sort of thing to, to deal with, but you, you have to deal with them. Uh, and so I'll have my regular work and I'll have a bunch of other stuff that I could be doing for the home. And mm-hmm. then I end up getting to bed later and waking up a little bit later, just kind of throws everything off. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed this time has felt very fast. Like this, this week, for example, just like has gone by super fast and I've had less time to just kind of sit, less time to read, less time to meditate, to go for walks and, mm-hmm. um, but the time has gone by like very quickly. Mm. And then I'm, I'm recalling like my time spent at a monastery that this, this monastery that I go to every year and how the, the days feel so long. Um, and my time there feels so long, even if it's just for a week, it might feel like a month and, okay. and one day feels like this sort of huge experience. And it's not filled up with, with, with busyness. It's filled up with, sitting for several periods of like an hour long meditation or some, a meal that's very, that's silent and kind of goes on for a while because of all the ritual involved Mm. uh, or working um, around the monastery, these kind of very simple things. But I, my sense of time there is that it's very slow. Uh, Or sometimes when I've done just like for a weekend gone and done a silent couple days like I've done that with my wife a few times which is awesome and that time feels very expansive uh so tell me what you think but it it, that seems almost like it it contrasts with the way we've been talking about it so far that something that's more on the side of worrying and planning um maybe it in some ways can can go faster Mm -hmm. uh and then on the other side this like some an experience with a lot of presence it is can feel like, so maybe, and there are maybe two ways there. Cause you said like the awareness of a lifetime being one moment. And then I guess there's potentially two sides of that where there's like, there's one, and then there's also infinite. Um, mm-hmm. And there could just be two ways of looking at the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to experience life as just a moment is also maybe to experience life as eternity or endless. Mm. Mm. then i think it's it's you know what comes to my mind then is that maybe it's not about uh it's not about like stress anxiety or suffering maybe it is more about awareness mm-hmm. you know where how our awareness is in the, in that moment like let's say if we are we let's say if we are very busy you know as you as you mentioned that you are uh doing some work and you are preparing for your house then time seems to fly by for you but but when you are there in in the retreat you are totally present and you are although you are you are not suffering at that i'm sure you're not suffering at that time you're enjoying that time unless i'm in pain and during one of the meditations yeah so Mm -hmm. so at that time time seems to slow down for you you know so maybe it is then not about that but it is about awareness somehow that maybe if our if our awareness is not in the present 
I don't know. You know I'm, I'm getting confused here because, yeah. it, you know, it seems... What do you think the difference is there in, in the type of awareness? <clears throat> I, so one thing I'm thinking of is one is more task-oriented. It's sort of, it, there's more of a feeling of discrepancy between how things are right now and how mm. I want them to be. There's like a task to be done and I'm feeling some desire to complete that task. Mm. And, and right now is not, is not where I want to be mm. versus this other thing where maybe there is something you're engaged in, but there's much less focus on getting the thing done, mm. or completing it or moving on to the next thing. Mm. There's mm. more of a, I'm doing, I'm engaged in this mm-hmm. and, and that's it. Mm-hmm. What I feel is maybe it is, I don't know if, if that is true or not, but maybe when we are totally in the moment, then time maybe f- flies by, you know, because when, even when you are like busy with, with stuff, you know, let's say you are uh, working with stuff, but what's happening there is you are actually not worrying about the future. That's kind of a mindful practice for you because let's say you, you have to buy stuff, you have to, you know, arrange stuff, you are moving, shifting things here from there. What's happening is you are working, but you are very much in the moment and working in the moment. I don't know how you see it, but this is how I'm able to see it. Maybe that is the issue because there is a way in which I might not be in the moment if I'm, if I'm resisting what it is that I'm doing, or if I like, if I don't really want to be doing this, but I feel like I need to got to do this tonight before dot, 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 because there's that extra sort of narrative involved versus if I can just totally engage with what I'm doing Mm. without that resistance. Mm. So how maybe how be different? That, like, do, do you did you feel that resistance while working uh, for for your house? It depends on what the the things have been, but there definitely have been times when I've felt <laughs> that resistance, or like, okay, I got to set up this thing, so that means I have to do a call with customer service, and that's going to take a certain period of time. You got to answer all these questions. Probably there's going to be some issue that comes up, and mm. uh, so that's all of my narrative resistance against what it is that I'm doing Hmm. but then there are other things like like I'm I'm in the process of putting together some shelving and Hmm. that's enjoyable Um, Hmm. I'm less like frustrated about getting to the end of it or resisting what it is that I'm doing so it depends I think on the thing I'm engaged in. Do you feel that the resistance, where there is resistance, the time seems to be longer? So let's say you are, you know, on calls and you are, uh, there is this wait list on the call and this, uh, you know, uh, automatic voice is speaking to you. Uh, At that time, there is this, the resistance to doing that. And at the same time, do you feel that, you know, maybe this call is for long duration and when will this person pick up the phone, for example? Mm -hmm. So maybe it is then a mixed, it's not about, it's like a mixture of events that is happening here. So, you know, let's say you are, uh, you are working for your house. So there are moments of uh, resistance, but there are also moments of maybe just being in the moment and doing the work. 
and then on the retreat as well you see that there are moments when you are totally into meditation enjoying the moment but there are moments where you are experiencing maybe pain in your body sitting in meditation so it's it's like a you know it's it's then not about like labeling the entire meditation retreat as uh, uh, as something blissful and you know this housework as uh, you know suffering but but maybe it's mixture of those events and even during these times you know it's it's it just depends upon how much resistance we have towards doing something that that maybe you know changes that time duration uh, mm-hmm. in our mind mm-hmm. so how how do you deal with the resistance how do you deal with the resistance when you feel it i don't do it <laughs> mostly i don't do it you know i would i would just try to just do things which uh, which i feel like doing unless and until it gets to the point that it can take my life in mm. something mm-hmm. so for example like doing the taxes or doing uh, anything like you know just for example shifting stuff from here and there you know now that i have moved to this new place so what i do is you uh, when when i have to do it you know ultimately then there when there is no choice then i would see i will ask this question to myself that why am i doing this and that question usually leads me to realizing that how important that task is so for example if i if i don't uh, you know pick up that stuff or move that stuff or you know uh, pack my suitcase then i will not be able to go to this place where i so much want to go ultimately you know moving to this place mm. you know, i'm moving here because it will make me experience peace and ultimately it will lead to my well being it will ultimately help me practice more of spirituality so i realize that actually doing this task that seems to be you know uh, not important it actually is very important when i ask this question that why am i doing this so you when you can directly connect it to the bigger thing that it's a part of yeah where versus when when you're seeing it as a separate thing you might feel so much resistance toward it or just like even yeah. hatred towards this task yeah but then to see its inherent connection with something bigger that is your very uh yeah. that feels very connected to you it then becomes easier to engage in that thing yeah 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 how about you something similar i'd say hmm. uh i guess the thing that's coming up for me is some sense of playfulness i want to say is the word that just notices my resistance and mm. then and then i guess i have two options which is is this something that i've decided to do or that i want to do ultimately or am going to do or do i not even need to do this or do i not even really want to do this and i guess that's the first part and then if the answer is yes then i can have a little bit more playfulness with myself or just the part that popped up that was resistant it's like this is really no different from anything else um 
and this also, you can also be just as aware of this as you might be sitting on the beach or as you might be having a really nice meal yeah. or, or whatever, even down to this interaction with someone for customer service for turning my gas on. Uh, in that interaction, I'm with another human being. Um, and even if, you know, they might be on a script or something, there is a way, like, that's what I'm doing right then. And, and maybe ultimately it's no different at all from anything else mm. at the core. Because uh, it just comes down to my awareness of it in the moment. And that's just what's filling up my awareness. And I can return to it on a really basic level mm. and see how this is all that it can be right now. Mm. And so any resistance that I'm adding on to it is just taking away from my experience. Mm. I don't need to judge that. Um, I can be playful with that, but then I can open back up to it or I can turn my phone off mm. or end the call or something, but mm. I don't do that. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's nice. Uh, remembering that now in this moment because there's the me that can get like slightly overwhelmed with all of these things as they build up but then there's always if you see things as like a teacher there's mm -hmm. always the chance in whatever moment or whatever experience that you're having to to open back up to it like totally new mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, and the I, we can actually true, uh, you know, if, if I want to label it that as a term, let's say spirituality, then I, I feel that true spirituality will come in how we handle things that seem to be not spiritual to us. Mm. You know, so it, 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 mm. uh, it, it makes me remind of uh, something what Osho said, and he said that uh, it's very easy for monks to have that peace of mind, you know, because they are retreating to the mountains and they are just meditating there. Anybody can do that. But true, the, the test of your true spirituality is when you can be in the cities and you can be in the marketplace and then you can maintain that state of, you know, calm, mm. calmness and peace within. So that is the challenge. That is the main thing. Mm. And uh, you know, in such situations, I would, I think, also remind me myself of this, where, uh, uh, you know, that I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing this moment right now. Maybe I'm, it seems to be I'm doing some work, which is, which I don't like, but how, what is my internal state in this situation? So if I can manage to balance my internal state and experience this peace and calm in this situation as well, that is the practice for me that is that is actually the practice we need to do mm. you know rather than uh avoiding that and running away from that mm. or seeing that as separate from the practice like this is outside of the realm of quote-unquote mindfulness or something this is something else yeah. but but maybe everything totally everything is and maybe even especially like what you're saying those things that you that you might not 
initially associate with this practice are especially this practice. Mm. Mm. Right, right. What's your experience of time been like here in this time we've been together today? No, oh, it feels as if we have just started with the conversation. <laughs> mm. Yeah, same. I wonder how, how what that's like for the listener and probably varies um, for you, the listener. I wonder what your experience of time has been like here with us because there's a way in which we're very engaged with each other. Mm. Um, my guess is that would be variable depending on the listener. Um, mm. But I would, I'd be interested to know what that feels like too, if they also, or if you also feel the, how quickly maybe this time feels like it's going, or maybe if it feels longer in, in that position. Yeah. You, you just mentioned about the listener that how the listener would be feeling and what is their, uh, you know, uh, sense of perception of time. And it reminded me of my, uh, school days you know in the in the in the classroom I, I i remember that those lectures which i really liked it would be like you know the the, the time goes like mm-hmm. just you know it's not even it feels like it was just a few minutes but those lectures where i'm not engaged with the teacher it, they seem like eternity you know yeah. <laughs> waiting for that bell to go off and to we go uh, for us to go to that recess just watching the clock yeah yeah mm-hmm. So maybe then it is also about our, you know, the level. I think that's it's it's a lot related to our awareness and how engaged our awareness is something. What do you feel? Hmm. And maybe like in that scenario or potentially in this scenario, as the student in that scenario or the listener in this scenario, one's awareness of the other person's awareness, like mm-hmm. your awareness of the teacher potentially if, if there's very present and you know that they're there with you and they're interested in what they're talking about and Mm. they're sort of honestly sharing it Mm. that might infect your awareness Mm -hmm. and then you interact with it but potentially if it's not coming from that place that could lead to the opposite Mm. But then I guess the question might be where that starts and ends. It probably doesn't start or end anywhere because it's probably just bouncing off of everyone and going back and forth because the, like the, the professor might be very aware and present, but if the student is just not not interested and is is Mm -hmm. not, then they might be blocked off to that awareness. But maybe if that awareness is super powerful, it, might have the ability to like creep in through that layer in front of the person of, of unawareness and trigger something or open up the yeah. awareness in them. And that, and that, interesting. Makes, that makes me realize now that you have mentioned it, it makes me realize that how it is always the student, uh, you know, who is blamed uh, for mm-hmm. not paying attention in the class, but maybe here it is also about the skill of the teacher that how much they can engage the student with their awareness mm-hmm. you know maybe maybe it is more about that because i i do remember times where i will have i would have no interest in the class and that would be very much proportional to how the the teacher is feeling you know this awareness being enmeshed as you said mm-hmm. 
but maybe when this the energy of the teacher is different when the the teacher is you know somehow uh, able to engage the class and you know they maybe they are good with their communication skills or maybe that's an interesting topic or maybe you know they they are very concerned they are very concerned about the students and how much they learn then i would always feel connected and that uh, energy will be in tandem with with the teacher and uh, those i will be you know uh, my intention will be will be fully on the teacher in that class and what the teacher is teaching so okay. it really makes us question uh, this entire idea of blaming the student that you know why why are you not paying attention in the class maybe we also need to look at the teacher <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm. How how has your experience been regarding this stu- student teacher relationship? Mm. I've been on both sides. Uh pretty variable I would say. So I think up to a certain point there was there was just too much blockage coming from me that even the most powerful awareness probably wouldn't have gotten through because I just wasn't interested mm-hmm. um or just wasn't going to be listening mm-hmm. um but then I think something shifted where my awareness or openness sort of expanded a little bit and then there were a few that were able to infect my own or like excite my own there was also I think quite a bit of the the layers of protection had to do with my own anxiety which would limit any sort of participation um mm-hmm. or engagement in class uh, mm-hmm. so I, i i became more and more interested and aware but i would still be the student who's like sitting in the back of the classroom and mm-hmm. who probably people would assume doesn't do very well um mm-hmm. but i I gradually would do really well and be really interested but the professor probably would have no idea that I was mm. um because of probably having a lot to do with my own anxiety or mm. hesitation to say something in class or ask a question mm-hmm. and then that gradually kind of expanded more and more but still very minimal unless and probably this is dependent on my own biases if I'm seeing something in the professor that I feel drawn to Um I'm remembering a few in my doctoral program where I was like participating all the time and it was interesting to notice that shift in me cuz like a younger me would be like amazed at the amount of participation um where I became the person that was like speaking up all the time in class I'm thinking of one professor in particular where it was just like he just had a variety of different readings but it was mostly just discussion based and it was all an exploration which mm. feels kind of like what we're doing now so maybe in some way for me this is motivated by that mm. experience mm. um and in the class actually it was on it, the class was called interpersonal psychology and psychotherapy mm. and we covered one topic called uh beneficial uncertainty and which is it's like a space where it's okay to be uncertain mm. um which i think is relieving of a lot of maybe a feeling of anxiety about there being a right or wrong or yeah a right or wrong essentially mm-hmm. um but to create a space where it's beneficial and safe to be in that uncertainty 
can really unlock, or at least for me in that case, it just unlocked so much of my like curiosity and interest that had just been kind of bubbling within me over time mm. um, and then was allowed to explode. And which I think has happened in a variety of different ways and is like, is very much so what's happening here with you. Um, Cause you know, in my life, I'm known as a very quiet person, mm. uh, but then if I'm with someone like you and then or there could just be different people that I might come across and then I'm just like talking <laughs> so much which is just is really interesting to notice but there's been that I guess that part that has been opened up mm. and now latches on to any other players who are also playing in that way and gets mm. very excited mm. um, and and can you put the finger to that specific thing that maybe caused that shift or causes that shift like uh, you know you mentioned that maybe in school school days it, there was a hesitation but that hesitation went away when you were in you know in college and you were engaging with this professor so what is that thing specific thing for you that causes that shift that's mm, probably a variety of things I mean one probably has to do with just more confidence in myself or less fear mm. maybe around the consequences of saying something mm-hmm. or maybe just more time and experience of like it just doesn't really matter that much and I and and I could say something and it might sound stupid and so what and like and really feeling the so what and embodying and believing the so what, like, what if I was to say something and it made no sense? Or if even if everyone, of course this would never happen, but even if everyone laughed at me in the room, still, so what, it wouldn't actually matter. Mm. Um, and I guess they're being, and then there, it could beg the question of, well, what leads to that? Um, and maybe that's a larger discussion, but it, it seems yeah. like over time there's been a growing me under the surface that is less and less it can less and less be injured by the consequences that happen um, yeah. even if there might be a me that might be embarrassed on the surface or be afraid or something like that it seems like there's a developing inner me that would be totally fine no matter what happens um, yeah. which enables a lot more play or risk taking uh, because that risk taking feels like it's more on the surface and there's a there's this deeper me that is just impenetrable and can't be harmed um, really yeah i think this is a very important question although we can do like an entire you know uh, another episode on this but i think this is a very important question for me as well and i was asking you this question because I realize that it is also a lot of time about the other person, how the other person makes you feel. And I think this is a very important aspect of social anxiety as well that I, I face uh, in which, uh, you know, maybe if there is a group or there is, uh, it will be very difficult for me to connect with that group because usually it's about, let's say if I'm with a person and, you know, let's say you are the person here so I can feel that connection with you because I know that the energy, I feel the energy, I feel the energy of receptiveness. Uh, I, I know that whatever I will be say will not be judged in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't happen with a group. And, and that br- brings me to the question that why am I 
so dependent on external circumstances or you know those people who would made make me feel comfortable why can mm-hmm. i not just be comfortable uh, saying anything or doing anything no matter what uh, irrespective of the other person or the uh, uh, situation or environment hmm. that's really interesting my hope is that that comes up in a future conversation to explore because i can really resonate with that yeah and something that i've been sort of trying to figure out for myself for a while because yeah. there are group and- situations where i'm much although there are some where i'm not um but maybe that's where i'm sensing that there are at least several other sort of players involved with this same kind of energy or whatever it is i'd have to like reflect on it more yeah but often i become a shell of myself mm-hmm. um and um, in some way i'm i'm accepting of that like that's okay like for example me and my wife are after we're done here are going to go to a a small gathering uh, a pizza party which would be nice but i and this would be something that i'd be very res- resistant to some time ago because they're all strangers to me they're her coworkers um i'm now much more open to it but it's more along the lines of i'm just accepting of myself being a quiet person sometimes in these contexts it makes her feel uncomfortable sometimes and i think she wishes that i would be more extroverted which i get um but i i'm currently in a place of just like i'll say something if if i feel like it and if not that's okay too and it's also okay if someone else may or may not feel awkward about me not saying something or being quiet um but it also would feel really nice to say whatever or just yeah be weird or uh feel totally free maybe that's what it is um because i don't really feel that way in mm-hmm. those situations um yeah trust me yeah and and uh, you know i think one of the uh, there was a hidden uh, answer in one of the things that you said previously about this idea of me you know uh, when when we have this sense of me in such situations then we maybe also have this sense uh, that it is me who will be judged it is me who will mm. be you know there is a separate me in this situation but if we can somehow let go of that idea and consider it as oneness with the group so there is no worry about this self judgment mm. because you know then we are all one in that situation and this separate me will not be judged uh or yeah. shame and guilt it brings me back to the relief that i was mentioning of of just dropping um mm. like in that minute the thoughts that i had or the thought about the bell or the planning like all of that is sort of the momentum of me uh building up and then just totally dropping back to just this mm. and that that can be totally done in a group context but maybe that's one that really intensifies that feeling of me of a self and here's yeah. the potential for judgment and or whatever it might be yeah um, and, and and you would notice and especially that's why in, in in conversations where when we totally lose that sense of self there is this natural flow of energy you know for example in in a group of friends who are very close uh they they would because they maybe they drop this sense of self and they mm. experience this oneness there is this natural flow of humor there is this you know you can say anything and not worry about any judgment hmm hmm 
that's an interesting thing i think this is a, this is a great learning for me and and i think for you as well here because we do experience <laughs> this and maybe we can contemplate on this you know further at some point of time uh and see that how maybe we can let go of this it sounds good and and going back to how we mentioned everything is an opportunity for practice mm-hmm. um i have a little potential practice right after we finish here that mm-hmm. i can look forward to and just see what it's like um mm-hmm. and have more it's tough too because there's the dynamic of analyzing and removing myself from the situation Ooh, like what's this like and how is it that I'm engaging how do I feel and at the same time that all, all of that is me um, thinking about it and so uh, there, it's like another subtle way in which the me can take over because it's interested in gathering data about yes. this situation um, mm-hmm. so maybe I'll, I'll notice that and drop it to if i want to mm. great great so i think uh, then let's go into practice yeah let's What, do that great so we will end this session with a short meditation and i would request the listener to be in their comfortable posture whatever it is for you and maybe for this meditation you can close your eyes and then you can gradually bring your awareness to your breath and then maybe contemplate a bit on the sense of time how do you experience time maybe if you can segregate those durations those seasons in your life those different parts of your life where you experienced time moving in a certain way maybe some year some month of your life seem to be really fast maybe there was a time when time slowed down what is that for you 
what are those different time experiences And maybe also contemplate on what made that different. What is that factor that made time relative? That made time run fast or slow? And then observe how are you experiencing time now in this very moment? Is it fast? Is it slow? How is that for you? And then gradually can bring your awareness back to the presence of your body in your surroundings and in your own time you can come out of the meditation. Thanks for that. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. See you again soon. See you. Thank you for joining us in the What Is Now experience. We hope that you liked the episode. If there were any insights or ideas arising for you as you were listening to our conversation, then you can share those ideas through your comments. We would love to know. Stay tuned for the next episode. Namaste.